Our guest for this episode, Kristen, is a 23-year-old author, speaker, creative, YouTuber, and most importantly, a follower of Christ. She also loves anything Harry Potter or Disney. In this episode, Kristen and I talked about the importance of a healthy lifestyle, her book, More Than Conquerors, and its advocacy, and also her personal creative journey. Hi, neighbor. My name is Maggie, and this is the Progress Neighborhood Podcast. Hello. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Hi, Christine. Hi, how are you? Doing good. Um, well, technically, the Philippines is currently experiencing a, a bit of a storm, but everything's fine. Yeah. How are you on your end? Good, good. No storms here. So. <laughs> yeah. How is, how is the COVID situation? back in your area you're from um i'm from texas yeah you're from texas right yeah so yeah so um overall i think i mean i'm trying not to keep up with the numbers too much honestly because it's kind of like it's like creepy or weird but um (laughs) i think the numbers are starting to rise kind of all across the united states still um but luckily i haven't gotten it or anything my sister she lives in lubbock which is about six hours from where i live in texas um she actually just got it but she's fine, like like she's healing and everything. So, oh. um, yeah. Luckily, she, it wasn't a bad one. She didn't have to go to the hospital. Or anything. She was just like in her house, but um, uh, to isolate, right? Or yeah, like, yes, you have to quarantine. Yep, yep. That's good what about in the Philippines? Well, in the Philippines, we have like around three hundred thousand um, COVID cases at okay. and counting as we speak mm-hmm. and then yeah. uh we have like over a thousand um documented uh fatalities um okay. we're getting news that there are a lot more undocumented deaths um they, yeah. they just don't want to publish it because uh to avoid panic right? yes mm-hmm. yep i understand that <laughs> Well, no, knowing knowing how the media works, um, it's pretty much you can anyone anyone could basically twist a story or twist the number of figure and all, yep. and then everyone goes wild. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, Christine, um, starting off with this podcast session, first off, thank you for uh, accepting my um, invitation. Although it it took me like a week for me to reply uh, on your email uh, and apologies for that yeah oh, you're good <laughs> yeah i'm excited to be here mm-hmm. um can you can you tell us about uh more about yourself i mean um i i saw your website and uh you're an author you played volleyball yeah yeah and then you're a speaker and an advocate for mental health. It, it, it seems a lot, 
right? Yes, yes. So um, yeah, I did. I started playing volleyball when I was like eight years old, all the way through high school and college till I was 22. So my background is in volleyball and being an athlete, and I'm still an athlete at heart. But um, actually in college, while I was still an athlete, I developed an eating disorder. And so that's kind of and you know led me down um, a dark path there for a few years. So that's what honestly makes me like an ad, wants makes me want to be an advocate for mental health um, because I went through that and I know just like how dark of a place that can be and I want to be there for people. And that's also what got me into um, writing and what got me to publish my book um, and also got me into being a speaker too. I, I just want to kind of just share my heart and my experiences with other people in hopes that they'll find hope and light uh, from that as well. So, and then I also, um, those like aren't my official job. My official job is a copywriter at a marketing agency. And then I do like the writing and speaking on the side. Mm. So how, how long, how long have you been uh, speaking, uh, doing public speaking? For, let's see, almost a little over two years, April, 2018 Whoa. was kind of when I started. Mm. How, how, how is it? Uh, how did you, um, you know, how did you start as a speaker? Cause, uh, well, the first time I spoke in public is, um, during my stay in Ireland, cause we grew mm. up there and it was like, um, I had to speak with my fellow, uh, technopreneurs is we have a, okay. a tech startup, techno media startup. And um, my audiences are technically um, middle schoolers to um, senior high school or something. Yeah. And it pretty much didn't go well. Because, <laughs> um, well, I, I told the organizers that um, you can't simply talk right on on the business side to kids right yeah. so um but then it's already there i mean uh, the organizers have already prepared everything and all but uh, i'm not sure uh why they have decided to push the event through even though the niche is not quite relevant to those kids so Right, and that's hard. Like, if it's not if it's not relevant, they're not going to pay as much attention, you know. Yeah. Well, it it got we we got a bit of attention because okay. because of, because of the word tech. So uh, in, instead yeah. of instead of us discussing how we how we started as a technopreneur, um, UI UX coding um, and stuff, uh, these uh, our audiences started asking about. Um, the latest trend, which do you prefer, Samsung or, or Apple? Um, mm -hmm. Things like that, like um, the newest TV and all, which is technically we, we don't have any knowledge of because um, the word tech that we know is some kind of like uh, a bit different from what yeah. they know. <laughs> so how was, how was your first experience as a speaker? Yeah, so um, my first experience was, like I said, about two years ago, or a little over that, and my best friend, uh, at the time, she coached for a Christian volleyball club, and um, once a week at one of the practices, they had, like, this time where they would, like, 
bring people in to share their testimony or they would just like, you know, read a verse together, like something that kind of just gets them into the word of God and all that. And so um, she asked me if I'd be interested in coming and sharing my testimony to those girls at one point. And so I was a little nervous at first because like I, I hadn't really been thinking about speaking at that point, but I was like, sure, she's my best friend. Like, and it's a volleyball club that I actually used to play for when I was in high school. So it's like, okay, it's kind of coming full circle. Like, sure, I'll do it. And so, yeah, I just got to share to probably about 80 to 100 um, 14 to 18 year olds and some of their parents who had come to the practice as well. And I just got to share my testimony as well as like three things that the girls could learn about their own testimony and things that I was still learning about mine. Mm-hmm. and everything so it was actually a really good experience like the weeks leading up to it like I practiced so much I was just like pacing in my room talking to myself practicing it but it actually went super well I think uh some of the parents came up to me afterwards and was just like thank you so much for sharing that was awesome so even if like I think maybe even the girls were too young to kind of understand it at least the parents I think understood and kind of it was good to be able to relate because my testimony you know because I had gone through an eating disorder and stuff it kind of just got it was a little bit different. Hopefully some of the girls that they were struggling um, could kind of relate, you know. Mm. And then um, a, um, a lot of bookings follow after that. Honestly, not so much. So I actually didn't, after that, I didn't like make my website where you see now what I have speaking until actually this COVID hit uh, mm-hmm. because I lost my job due to COVID. And so I had a lot more time to start like packing in everything mm-hmm. uh, because, because like, when I said when I first did that first speaking thing, I hadn't decided, I hadn't thought about speaking. So then over the next, you know, year or so, I was like, okay, well, maybe I could do this. But then I got like, swept into a full-time job. I was still getting my master's in marketing. So I was like so busy. So I kind of had to push in the back burner. And then when I lost the job due to COVID, I was like, okay, like, I can actually make my website and stuff. And so I'm just now kind of trying to see what the speaking atmosphere is like with COVID. Are people doing virtual events? Are they doing, you know, in-time events and stuff or like in-person events? Um, so honestly, no, not a whole lot of bookings after that, but mostly because I just didn't have the time to push it and really focus on it until recently. And then now I'm just kind of trying to navigate what the speaking through COVID look like. Okay. Well, uh, first, uh, I'm, I'm just a bit curious. It, it, it just popped in my head right now. Um, uh, I saw you on Matchmaker FM. It's a platform, right? We're in uh, podcasters mm-hmm. and um podcasters and video video podcasters are uh basically getting trying to get or trying to tap on to people to guest on their podcasts and vice versa um what brought you to matchmaker fm so um a couple maybe about a month or two ago uh well actually let's see two months ago uh is when my book published and so then about a month ago I was like, okay, I kind of want to just get onto podcasts because I've been interested in maybe starting my own podcast one day, but I was like, you know, I should probably test the waters by seeing if I can be a guest on other people's podcasts. And so I literally Googled like how to be a guest on someone's podcast. And one of the things that popped up was like matchmaker. And so I just signed up for it, put my profile on. I was like, you know, what? we'll just put it out there. We'll see if I, if you know people are interested kind of thing. And in the past month um, I've gotten, you know, three to four, like, podcasting opportunities so it's been awesome like I, I love I love the site and I never would have known if I hadn't just googled how do you be on a podcast <laughs> well well technically uh I, I've been podcasting for um three years now and okay. uh one of the problems that uh I have encountered as a podcaster as a podcast producer uh during 
during those times that where I'm a newbie or something or starting mm -hmm. starting just starting up my podcast is that how to get guests because a lot of people are telling me that um you should you should get people on board right so yeah back then matchmaker is not yet that um it's not what it is today because mm -hmm. um the the mother i think it's a mother company of the um matchmaker which is podcast.co uh, is also a podcast platform and what they do is that they connect podcasters with podcasters which is technically um well others find it easier to have a fellow podcaster as a guest so that they would know the technicalities but um uh podcasters like us who produce podcasts on a um basically on a diverse niche um mm -hmm. would look for somewhere um we feel like talking to and um yeah so that's why i got into matchmaker and then um give it up like i i i think you are my fourth guest <laughs> from matchmaker yeah, well, yeah, no, I, I love my experience. I mean, I think it's great for both the podcaster and like the guest kind of thing. I think it's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then um, what caught my eye is that um, you're, you're an athlete. Um, I'm also an athlete. I do. Uh, I do football. Um, okay, awesome. Yeah, yeah, we play. We uh, we play American football here in the Philippines. So, OK. Yeah. And then um, uh, I'm also a I, I also talk to people like a speaker or something uh, in a in a large group of students sometimes um, aspiring startup entrepreneurs uh, awesome. yeah yeah currently I'm doing webinars or something yeah and then uh, it said it says on your profile that you love anything related to Harry Potter. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, oh my God, this is a perfect guest for me because uh, I'm a Potterhead myself. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. What house are you? I'm Slytherin. Okay, I'm yeah. Gryffindor. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Are you are you also playing um, that, uh, what do you call that app? Uh, World, World of Wizardry? Like a Pokemon? No, I, I, I have not. No, my best friend got into it a little bit. Uh, I'm not a huge like game app person for some mm -hmm. reason. I don't know. That just doesn't my thing. So I am not, but I've heard good things about it. Mm -hmm. how, is, how is the Potterhead culture in your area? So it is huge, especially, honestly, um, me and my best friend love it kind of thing. Like, we literally will just watch the movies and quote the whole thing. But yeah, I mean, as far as I know, like Harry Potter is so popular in my area and in just like all the United States kind of thing. Um, there was actually one, my best friend and I wanted to go to it, but it was like some like a bar downtown in Dallas was like turning their bar into like a Harry Potter themed pub for one night. Mm -hmm. I mean, it did end up going, but yeah, they had like a trivia night and all that. I was like, that would have been awesome. But yeah, I, it's, it's pretty popular here. Yeah, but here in Manila, in the Philippines, well, uh -huh. uh, there is 
I don't know if it's if they also do that in your area or the culture in the United States. I'm, I'm not really sure about the Potterhead culture in the United States, but here in the Philippines, um, we have um, there is a group of Potterhead people or Potterheads that currently holds an annual Kidditch Cup. Oh, that's amazing. Yes, and he, it's it's technically played in a regular soccer field, uh -huh. right? With the same goals and all. Uh, they have they have two balls, right? The uh -huh. uh, representing the bludger, and um, yeah, and then uh, they have they have the same sets of players as. Um, as indicated in the in the series in the book, uh -huh. yeah. And the funny thing there, but then uh, is they also have brooms. That's amazing. Yeah, and then uh, not only the Kidditch Cup, they also uh, do free for free free classes on uh, the Potter culture and also uh, free classes on you know spell casting oh my god i'm going to move to the philippines we do not have that here yeah they they, they do have they I'm do so have silly. here and uh what what um what lures to uh what lures potterhead tourists into the into manila is um, there is this uh, another group of Potterheads that are technically um, they're making wands. Oh my gosh! As in, so um, as in um, your personal wand. Yeah. As as personal as it gets. Like um, they'll ask they'll ask for your name. They'll ask for for your job. They'll ask for your personality. They'll ask for everything and then they'll make a wand delivered to your home or your hotel and uh -huh. um that's a unique wand that you won't find anywhere else that is so cool yeah now now that i know that you're a full uh potterhead uh fan I, i'm thinking of Instead of sending you my merch, I might send you something pottery or potterhead. Oh, oh I always accept all things Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No, yeah, we do not have that here. The closest thing I know is some schools in Texas, um, like some colleges, they do have like a Quidditch team that they play for like recreationally. And I know they have brooms. Like one college I visited, I can't remember if it was Baylor or Texas A&M, but I watched them play a Quidditch match, like where they were running around on brooms. But we do not have all those classes and all the wand thing. I mean, we have, I guess we technically have uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Universal in mm -hmm. Florida and California, which that's cool. I did, um, I used to work at Disney World. And so I went over to Universal one day. Mm -hmm. I like went to the, the whole Harry Potter world and I was literally in awe. I was like, I never want to leave this. Like they made it look so real, so authentic. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. Maybe maybe I, I should I should just um send you something Potterhead 
aside instead of sending him a merch or something well anyway going you feel. yeah <laughs> well um i hope you can visit the philippines soon uh, so that yeah. i can you know endorse you to your house <laughs> <That'd be awesome>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so going back um you mentioned that you have you're playing volleyball right since you were eight Yes, I, I don't play anymore since I graduated from undergrad. But yeah, I started playing when I was eight years old and I played all the way through high school and for my college um, up until 22 when I graduated, which was mm. two years ago. Mm. Oh, well, is this an official school team or a national league? Yes, this is, yeah, this is like the official NCAA women's volleyball team at UT Dallas. Mm, nice, that's, that's nice. Um, well, as an athlete myself, may I know your perspective on what are um, the benefits of uh, having an active lifestyle? Because I've been hearing people that um, act, an active lifestyle is um, one of the necessities, necessities of um, humans to, in order for them to uh, live a good and happy life or something. Yeah, no, I, I am all for an active lifestyle. Uh, I think there's so many different benefits. I mean, the biggest one I know of can be like mental health, even though people don't always correlate, you know, active and, and physical activity with mental health, but it can help relieve like stress and it can be like a good, you know, stress reliever and just kind of like, you know, I mean, it is, I don't know the science I know, but I know they've proved that, you know, exercise releases endorphins, which is like kind of a happy hormone. And so, but yeah, I mean, even though I'm not like an athlete, I don't play my sport anymore. Like I still am all for um, people having an active lifestyle and finding exercise that they enjoy. You know, there's so many different, you can play sports, you can be a runner, you can do yoga, you can do Pilates, you can lift weights. Like there's so many different ways to be active. And so I think it's important um, that everyone finds something they enjoy because it's not only giving you like physical benefits and, and you know, heart health and better sleep and better mood and all that and mental health benefits, but it also can just be such a joy, like if it's something that you enjoy doing. But, you know, I know from my days of being my eating disorder, I used to force myself to do types of exercise that I didn't like because I thought that's what I quote unquote had to do. And so now I'm a huge proponent of finding something that you enjoy because now that I actually have find, found, you know, types of exercises that I enjoy, like I enjoy doing them. And so it brings just a lot of fun and a lot of good into my day uh, from doing them. But yeah, there's so many benefits, like, I highly recommend an active lifestyle because it's just going to make you feel so good in your, your brain and your body and your spirit and everything. Well, those are good points. Well, uh, um, next is I would like to know um, uh, as a as a as an author and as a speaker, what are the struggles that have you have you ex that you have experienced um, starting out as an author? Of course. Um, uh, I have friends who have their own books, uh, which I find it narcissistic or something sometimes, right? So, uh, yeah, wh wh why would you write a book about you or, or something? Well, well anyway, uh, what, are, what, what are the struggles that have you, you have experienced uh, as, an, as an author, especially that um, at a young age, you have written something like... Um, something like uh, someone with a lot of credentials or, or someone older could have accomplished. Right. 
Yeah. So, I mean, for me, like, um, since I was eight years old, the only I thought it would be a fiction book in my, you know, 30s or something, but here I am at 23, uh, published author. But I mean, I think the struggles at first for me was figuring out kind of like the whole process behind it, because obviously no one just is like, here, this is how you publish a book. And so I was trying to do a bunch of research on, do I self-publish? Do I find a publisher? What's the pros and cons of each? Um, and so I finally, you know, after going through all of that, I decided on self-publishing because even though I wouldn't have necessarily the backing or as much reach it was obviously much cheaper option because I wouldn't have to pay the publisher and I got free reign and full control over my book whereas sometimes when you go to a publisher they can make edits based on their discretion and so I think that was honestly one of the biggest struggles being a self-published author is obviously you're not going to get as much reach you're not going to get as much audience um, and you can um you know, you're doing everything on your own. You don't have an editor, you don't have a designer, you're, you're designing your cover, you're editing your book, you're doing all the things. And so I think that was like the first struggle that I kind of had to get over. Um, and then the second struggle, honestly, was kind of like after I published it was, you know, of course, like I was trying to be realistic. I had no idea, you know, but I, I know it would become like a, a bestseller or anything, but just kind of like realizing, okay, now like I do all the marketing um, and just trying to like kind of put into the perspective too that, because for me personally, like this is my first of hopefully many, like I want to publish so many books because I just love to write um, in my free time. And so just remind myself that, like everyone has to start somewhere. I think that was a struggle because I'm a perfectionist. And so I want everything to be perfect. And I want this first book to be like perfect, but realizing that like you just got to start somewhere and, you know, whether it takes you two months or 20 years, um, just kind of take it day by day and do a little bit at a time and then realize that everyone's got to start somewhere. So, you know, your first book probably isn't going to be your best or your most perfect one, but it's at least getting it out there. Mm, okay. Okay. Well, um, can, can you tell me more about um, your book, The More Than Conquerors? Yes. So my book is More Than Conquerors and it is a devotional for girls and women who have struggled or are struggling with an eating disorder. As I mentioned earlier, I struggled with an eating disorder in college and the hardest thing for me was I mean I was a believer I was a Christ follower before and then when I kind of fell into my eating disorder I fell far away from God I made myself distant um, and I just like felt him slip away because I was focusing so much on idolizing my body and food and exercise and all of that and not you know spending time and not seeking him and so once I began to recover and I began to grow again, find my relationship with God again, I realized that there weren't a lot of resources out there that kind of combined um, eating disorders with faith. I don't mm -hmm. think I found that a lot of people were like, oh, like if you dealt with mental health or you deal with an eating disorder and stuff like that, your faith wasn't strong enough or like you weren't praying hard enough. And that's not the case at all. Like sometimes we just go through hard things. And so that's what kind of really sparked. And then, you know, I felt God put on my heart. Um, to just write this book kind of thing it's actually a cool story so I was at the con this conference it was March of or February of 2018 and um, it was a conference for people who wanted to be like entrepreneurs one day and so there were different breakout sessions and so one of them was on self-publishing so I decided to go there because I was like I want to publish one day so I can gather resources and research and all that at least but I had no plans of publishing a book 
anytime soon. And so we went in there and we went around in a circle and we, you know, people were saying what books they had written or what they wanted to write. And I had no idea what I was going to say. People were like published authors and they were doing amazing things. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. So when the microphone mm-hmm. got to me, I literally just like opened my mouth and I didn't know what I was going to say, but all of a sudden out popped was that I'm writing a devotional for girls who have struggled with an eating disorder because I struggled with one in college. And so in that moment, I to bridge the gap between the faith community and people who had struggled with an eating disorder and say, hey, like, whether or not you were a believer before your eating disorder, like you can you can find a relationship with God. Like he's not mad, he's with you. Like you can redefine your identity in him. And so that's the main thing. Um, I kind of have like three pillars for my book is I wanna help you or people redefine their identity, um, rebuild their faith and rediscover their relationship with God. And so I do that through the format of, Um, There's four different sections. There is uh, body, food and drink, recovery and freedom. And then within each section, there's three to eight verses and each verse will have the verse. And then a couple paragraphs of kind of um, a description or commentary and and sharing my personal experience and my story of having an eating disorder. And then each verse ends with an application of how you can apply that verse to your life specifically, whether that's through journaling, whether that's a prayer, whether that's through an activity, you know, where you put stuff up around your room, whatever the case may be. But yeah, I really just wanted to want to bridge that gap. And uh, I just felt God put on my heart that I was called to, to write this because he had taken me out of my darkness. And so now it's going to go back into the darkness and shine the light for people um, who are struggling to, to come out. Wow. That's, that's amazing. The advocacy yeah. is so pure. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And um, well, uh, right right before we go um, and, and this quick session, uh, would you like to promote anything? Um, I mean, you can, if you're interested in my book, my website is kristenshot.com. K-R-I-S-T-Y-N-S-C-H-O-T-T.com. And on there, you can find about like my ministry. You can find about my book. Um, and I have like free resources, like blogs and things on there. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's just Kristen Shaw. And I post just a kind of a lot of encouragement, um, a lot of just hope on there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah. Uh, do, aside from your website, do you, do you have like a Facebook page or Instagram? Or- Yes, yeah, so I, I am on Instagram. Uh, my personal Instagram is Kristen Schott. And then my uh, devotional Instagram is More Than Conqueror's book. So either one there um, I post in. I'm on Facebook, but I don't post a whole lot. So probably, mm-hmm. people probably don't want to follow me there. Yeah. All right. Uh, how about Twitter? I'm not on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, technically here in the Philippines, uh, I, I don't know if... Um, uh, people in America know that um, Facebook is like a part of the society or something. That's why I ask if you have a Facebook okay. page because because um, every single Filipino uh, in the country have like more than two Facebooks. <laughs> Interesting. No, yeah, here it's more of just like people who want. Most people have one. Like I said, I mean. I have when you can search Kristen Schott and you'll find me. I just rarely post on there. So it's like, mm-hmm. you probably won't be getting much from following me over there. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, I even tell my friends that I'd rather um, post things on LinkedIn rather than posting uh, on 
Yeah. Um, well, we all have our own preferences, right? Well, anyway. Right. Any, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, you go. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, that each, I mean, people have preferences and then each platform is just good for different things, you know, kind of thing. Like, you know, especially I feel like if you're in the tech kind of industry, like LinkedIn is super good for tech and business and all of that. And then, you know, Instagram is more visual and more captions. So each platform is just good in their own sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, true. That's true. That's true. Well, anyway, um, Kristen, thank you for um, um, lending me like a short amount of time to talk to you. I hope I could uh, have you um maybe i can do a potterhead session uh episode soon and oh that would be awesome yeah we're <laughs> just talking about harry potter yeah so um thanks um thanks for for accepting my invite um thanks for being open and everything and um don't worry i'll do my best to to uh pay um pay pay your pay your um your advocacy forward uh, here in the Philippines and of course in my connections in uh, in Ireland and yeah and I hope I can have you soon yes I would love that thank you so much for having me today yeah thanks Kristen bye bye